Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. While all eyes are on, whether it's Trump's town hall or whether it's Title 42, what's happening at the border, and by the way, your mind should be where the the border is. Your eyes should be there. There are things happening under our nose that are worthy of our attention. And one of those things is this race for governor in the state of Indiana. It's interesting that I find the race for president to be way too early of a conversation. I think it's strange that there are people out there aggressively saying, well, what's this one going to do? What's that one going to do? We've got time. And then people tell me, what are you talking about? We have time. You've got, you're going to have primaries in in January of 24. It's already May. Guys, I'm telling you to calm down. Trust me on this one. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com, T-O-N-Y-K-A-T-Z, TonyKatz.com. You still have DeSantis to announce in this race. When that happens, it's going to change some things, including the levels of absolute attack on Trump. I would only assume that it's going to be Ron DeSantis Punching Trump in the face from every direction with every supporter, super hard, super fast, super quick. See if you can get Trump to rock that back on his heels just a little bit, just a touch, just a scotch. Now, you could say to me, no, Tony, I think it's going to be a different way. They're going to sweep their way into this. But when he announces, it's going to be even further in the insane. You know it. I know it. We know it. So I don't know why we would think that he shouldn't be be punching, that he shouldn't be pushing aggressively right from the very start if, if you're Ron DeSantis. And yes, I assume he's getting in uh, to this race. No, I haven't decided he's my candidate. I get that a lot. You're just saying that that you're, you won't admit that you're a DeSantis guy and that's why you're so nasty about Trump. I'm not even nasty about Trump. I question whether or not the guy can win a general. And as for the town hall, you already know where I am. The whole thing was insane. Some of Trump's answers were right on. Some of Trump's answers were pathetic. Not everything the man says is perfect. I know some people want to believe that. This is what has me concerned. The Trump idolater, which they hate it when I say that, but give me another way to say it. The Trump idolater. I don't know if they vote for anybody else. I really don't. I don't know if they vote for anybody else. I don't I don't have the slightest clue whether or not they're willing to vote for Ron DeSantis or Tim Scott. I I don't I know they won't vote for Nikki Haley, but I don't know how they feel about a Ron DeSantis or a Tim Scott. They haven't proven that to me yet. That's a real issue. That's idol worship, and that's why I call them idolaters. Never Trumper and only Trumper for me is some of the most ridiculous nonsense hooey out there. It's ridiculous nonsense hooey. Said it. I meant it. I'll say it again. It's ridiculous nonsense hooey. Leave it there for a second. Leave it there. I just think that the people getting crazy about 2024, they're not, 
They're not focused. It takes some time. DeSantis has to get in. Then you see have to see how things with DeSantis and, and Trump shake out, who hits who, who responds how, etc. How does that move some of that middle ground, etc.? Leave that there. In Indiana, this governor's race is moving. And I'm fascinated by it because, well, it's, it's the race of the boring, the boring, and the who. Right? It's, it's Suzanne Crouch, boring. Mike Braun, boring, and uh, and Eric Doden, who exactly? That's what you have right now in running for governor in Indiana. I'm not trying to be rude when I say that. I'm trying to be clear when I say that. It's like the same thing with Trump and DeSantis. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just trying to be clear about what's going on. But the people over there for Suzanne Crouch, the lieutenant governor who's running for governor, they, every single day, have been coming out with people who are endorsing Suzanne Crouch. I think it's pretty interesting. Yesterday, or I should say uh, this week, it's been Congressman Greg Pence, who's been uh, endorsing Crouch. You have the mayor of Evansville, Mayor Winicky. Now you've got the mayor of Noblesville, Chris Jensen, who is endorsing Suzanne Crouch for governor of Indiana. And today you have Larry Bouchon, congressman, 8th District of Indiana. Dr. Bouchon, I've had him on the show numerous times. Good dude. For somebody who's completely and totally boring, and so we're clear, Suzanne Crouch is completely and totally boring. First of all, maybe maybe the state wants boring. You know, um, is, is that what we're looking for after Eric Holcomb, who was super boring? I'm, I am at, I'm at a loss to think that this is the direction. But let's look at it differently. What if it's not about Suzanne Crouch and what we need in Indiana is super boring? What if it's nobody's buying Mike Braun? What if Mike Braun has overstayed his welcome at the party? What if Mike Braun was the accidental senator because he paid for it and don't get me wrong, in, in that first ad campaign where he had the, the cutouts of, of Luke Messer and Todd Rokita, Todd Rokita is now the Attorney General of Indiana, uh, but they were both members of Congress and he had the cutouts and, you know, look at these guys, they're exactly the same, the same suits, the same ties and all that, and I'm different. It was a master stroke. It was excellent. It hit the zeitgeist right. And he said just enough of that and just enough pro-Trump stuff while just leaving enough uh, on the quiet, you know, in the in in the secrecy, in the mystery uh, to get himself elected over uh, a Joe Donnelly. But we've seen him in the Senate for six years and we're like, meh. I've seen him be clowning himself on Tucker Carlson's show. And I saw Senator Mike Braun 
say that he was going to challenge the election results in 2020. Then the riot came, and then he said, I won't do it now. You allowed a mob to change your mind. That is not conviction. And for me, that was it. For me, that was it. I said, I, I, I'm not doing it. I, I think he's a nice guy. I'll interview him. I'll talk to him. But to me, that was beyond the pale. It didn't bother me that he questioned the election results. People question election results all the time. I'm going to challenge election results. Jamie Raskin, uh, channel, uh, he uh, did it. He uh, challenged election results of Donald Trump. And then he had the audacity to be a, uh, 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 an impeachment manager. He was a manager of the impeachment of Donald Trump, and in 2016, he voted to challenge the election results of Donald Trump. Dear Lord, that's something. No one reports on that. No one talks about that. No one shares what the congressman from Maryland has done there. You said, you you said that you were going to say there's something improper here. Why did a riot change your mind? That question needs to be asked. Me, I said, okay, we're done. And I know this means I don't interview him as much. He's going to run for governor. I don't know if we're going to get him on the show or not. He might very well be the next governor. And I'll give him the chance to, to, to govern. I'm just telling you where I'm at. But what if these endorsements speak to the idea of, you know what, we've worked with Senator Braun. No, thanks. I mean, that could be a very telling story, but allow me to go the other way. If I'm Mike Braun and I uh, want to be able to discuss myself as not being part of the establishment class, don't I then say, look at all these establishment people voting, uh, putting their themselves behind Suzanne Crouch, Larry Bouchon. Can't spell establishment without Bouchon. I don't, I don't think that's true, by the way. I think Bouchon bucks the system many times, but that's what I would say. Greg Pence, do we really want somebody else named Pence uh, being part of who's in charge in Indiana? I think not, right? That's the way I would, you would do it too. It's not like I invented anything here. Of course, this is the way you would do it. This is the way you would spin it. I think it's fascinating. I think it's fascinating that Crouch is getting these endorsements. I think it's fascinating that it's happening now. It just seems early to me. The whole thing seems outrageously early to me. It seems to me like we've jumped into a race that nobody's really ready for. And honestly, no one's really interested in. They're not. They're not interested in it. There is no excitement at all. At all all for this race zero zero bits of excitement and and by the way to to the crouch team um if you want to tell me um that you've got this great candidate who's got all this support maybe you want to show the people supporting her on your website you go to crouchforindiana.com and it's about Suzanne, get involved, connect, and there's a video. I don't know, maybe the video, maybe the video uh, has uh, something there, um, but uh, there's nothing about the endorsements. 
If you can email me the endorsements, you can post them on a website. Just saying what is. I mean, if they're that important, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Am I supposed to be teaching people these things? Are they? I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if that's my job. The Indiana governor's race could get super interesting, and I only hope it does. I'm Tony Katz. Great to be with you. This is Tony Katz today. There is a lot of confusion that's been kicked off by the charges that gas stoves are dangerous to people and people who are now wondering what to do about things. What would you tell them? Oh, good morning. Thank you for having me this morning. You know, this really is an important issue for public health and safety, as well as making sure consumers have good, accurate information about potential risks associated with appliances in their home. The data and science tells us that gas stoves do in fact emit pollutants, creating indoor air pollution that can make people sick. Here in the District of Columbia, we have more than 16,000 young people who suffer with asthma. And we know that having a a gas burning stove in the house makes kids 42% more likely to be uh, suffering with asthma symptoms. So this is an important issue of public safety and making sure consumers have clear information so they can make informed decisions about the appliances in their home. They told you you were crazy. That's what they told you. We're not going after your gas stove. You're just ridiculous. It's just another one of your culture wars. That's the attorney general in Washington, D.C., Brian Schwalb, S-C-H-W-A-L-B. It's for the health and safety of your children, don't you know? There are studies. Uh, There are studies that show it's not what the the fuel source you use, but it's what you're cooking that can create irritants in the air and therefore be causing the asthma or other breathing issues. You got to be in the small confined space and have no ventilation. People don't have windows? This is your argument for why I, in my home, can't have a gas stove because somebody in their apartment isn't opening their window. It's an obscenity, but that's what these people are. They never rest, they never quit, they never sleep. Never once, never ever. They don't stop. There's never a moment where they shouldn't be nannying the hell out of you. And to be clear, we can't handle this regarding the electric grid. We understand this, right? The the electric grid cannot take doing all this. It's going to power your 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 heat, power your stove, and then power your car. We think there's enough electricity going around. We think that the grid can keep up with this. You're nuts. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. You are nuts. Of course, this is a control conversation. If everything is based on electricity and they control the electricity, they will soon tell you why you can't have solar panels. Well, if you do, the energy has to go to the energy company, not necessarily into your house, and and you shouldn't be able to control it. They might put solar panels on your home, but you don't get the energy. They decide when you get the energy. After all, they should be able to throttle you down. Where was it that I saw this? Uh, Put your air conditioning, I'm searching for it, at 82 degrees, Here it is. Here it is. This was, um, oh, well, this was back from 2019. But I saw this just the other day. 
your thermostat should be set to 82 degrees every night, according to a new report. OMG, are you kidding me right now? You out of your mind. 82 degrees. It's recommended that you set your air conditioner at 78 degrees when you're home and awake. Ew, David. Are you are you out of your head? I'm not putting my air conditioning that hot. Energy Star recommends? Who gives a crap? By the way, if you leave home, Energy Star recommends setting your unit to 85 degrees, and when you're asleep, set it at 82 degrees. Energy Star can kiss my butt. I'm not doing it. Nobody's doing it. The whole purpose of air conditioning is so you can, you know, enjoy yourself, be comfortable, be relaxed. And they have been talking about these things for forever. The people over at Train, train Train.com, which makes the systems. It turns out that the best indoor temperature for your home during the summer months is 78 degrees, according to the U.S. Department of Energy. My gosh. You're four seconds away from saying you don't really need an air conditioner. Just open the windows. They're four seconds away from telling you this. This electric push is one one of absolute surrealism. It really is just incredible how we see the constant evolution of their desire for control because it is a desire for control. It's a desire to be able to say, we need you to use less. We won't even ask you. We'll just turn it down for you. That's you doing your part, allowing us to decide when you've used too much. And if we decide that the correct temperature is 78 degrees or 83 degrees, we'll just set that for you. That way, we take the work out from you. We'll tell you what's best for you. Well, I'm not. I'm totally uncomfortable at 78 degrees or 82 degrees. I can't sleep in, in that much heat. That's why I bought an air conditioner, so I can be cool. I'm willing to pay the bill. Yes, but it's using too much electricity, and the electricity, like your children, belongs to all of us. So, therefore, you have to use less, and we have to throttle you down because what you're doing isn't right to your neighbor. Well, my neighbor likes to sleep at 82 degrees. I don't. Well, we know what's best for you. Pat on the head, pat on the head, pat on the head. That's what we're seeing. And what's amazing is, is when you discuss this, the political left tells you that you're engaged in a culture war. Oh, you're just being ridiculous. Oh, you're just being silly. They told you you were being silly regarding the gas stoves. They weren't coming for your gas stoves. Of course they were coming for your gas stoves. 1,000% coming for your gas stoves. They, they, they showed you who they are and they want to make you seem crazy for questioning them. You can't vote for these people. They really do hate you. I wish they didn't, but they do. They do and they want, as we were talking about with, with Ron DeSantis earlier, uh, and talking about uh, COVID vaccines, it's about control over you. That's obvious. 
The only thing left to do is fight, vote differently, and say no. I'm Tony Katz. Earlier in the show, I had the chance to speak with Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt, S-T-I-T-T, about, well, some big social issue things that he's gotten into, whether it be about abortion, defunding PBS, a whole series of subjects. And it kind of led down to the question of if you're a governor in today's world, is dealing with the social issues part of governing when people would want to sidestep that and really focus on the economic issues? Can you avoid the social issues and still be a worthy governor in today's world? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. So I started the conversation with this conversation about defunding this PBS station and asked him point blank, why do you hate Sesame Street? <laughs> well, first off, thanks for thanks so much for having me on the show. And uh, big, big picture here is I don't want to use taxpayer dollars to fund an outdated TV station. That, that's it's that simple. It might have made sense in 1950 us funding a public television station. But with the media, the streaming, the countless ability to get news, why am I using taxpayer dollars to fund this? So that's that's the first and foremost. Secondly, when I started looking at the programming, it doesn't line up with Oklahoma values. They're trying to indoctrinate kids, not not educate kids. I mean, there was a, a show on there about, you know, the hips on a drag queen go swish. I mean, it's just it's unbelievable. Uh, so I, I think Oklahomans overwhelmingly support me on that. It, it uh, it's it's something that we're not going to use taxpayer dollars to fund an outdated system. Uh, are we talking about the system being outdated or are we talking about the content being unacceptable? Those are two different things. <laughs> well, the content certainly is unacceptable. Um, but bigger picture than that is even we have to ask ourselves, and I'm always trying to protect the taxpayer, why am I competing with the private sector and funding a television station? So that was something that I really, when I got down to it, I said, I, I don't want to do that. I want I, the government should not be involved in competing against the private sector on television stations. Uh, Governor, one of the uh, other subjects that's been a, a focus, right? We, we've dealt with it here in, in my beloved Indiana. You deal with it in, in Oklahoma is the abortion conversation. Where did uh, Oklahoma come down on this subject? What was the legislation that was passed and what has happened since? Yeah, so basically, as, as soon as, you know, the Supreme Court gave that decision back to the states is where it should be. Uh, the state of Oklahoma, we believe that life begins at conception. So we banned abortion in the state of Oklahoma. Um, we want to be the most pro-family state in the country. We've got a lot of initiatives that we're protecting uh, and making it easier for, uh, a, you know, um, adoption to happen. We also expanded postpartum benefits for uh, moms uh, but but Oklahomans overwhelmingly believe life begins at conception and, and we don't want to have abortion in the state of Oklahoma. So that was uh, just an easy decision for us. Talking to Kevin Stitt, the governor of Oklahoma, uh, that that I believe it was House Bill 4327 uh, that was allowing private citizens to sue anyone who aids or abets. So this was part of that whole I, I think it was the, the, the Texas conversation. When you engage in legislation like this, what we hear from the CNNs of the world, 
um, the more dominant mainstream news sources is that you're out of touch, you're out of step, and that the midterms proved that. The midterms proved that the political right didn't understand that abortion was a major mover, was a major conversation point, and all of these moves made by states like Oklahoma, states like Indiana, etc., led to Republicans barely eking out a win at the House, not winning the Senate, and the red wave didn't happen. Do you think that's true? You know, I, I really, I really don't think so. I mean, they try to, they try to, you know, spin that. Um, you know, I, I, I can't speak to why the red wave didn't happen, like some people predicted. But polling across the board has been has been wrong uh, recently as well. But um, you know, I, I believe the messaging when you're clear with your with your values and who you are as a state. I think we're now top ten in people moving to the state of Oklahoma. People are leaving some of these blue states. California, we get more people from than, than any other state right now. But what the left doesn't want to talk about is when do they stop an abortion? The country of France bans it at 14 weeks. Most European countries are 12 to 14 weeks. They're so radical that they want to abort all the way up until the time of birth. And so that's the real question. You can't pin them down on when they think you should stop an abortion. Okay, we're we're very clear in Oklahoma. Some states do 15 weeks. Some states do heartbeat. Some states do viability. You can't get the left to tell you when they should stop it. That's the real question. And uh, Oklahoma has been very clear. We, we we believe we don't want abortion even you know after conception. I've signed stuff for exceptions for rape and incest. Um, but again, I, I love to flip it on them and just say, well, when do you think the right time? When does life actually begin? Uh, and, and they won't answer you. Yeah, there has been much discussion that we've had uh, on on this show and others uh, on the idea of what other nations do, what uh, the uh, free world does, and how there are many progressives in line with people in some of those radical, awful countries in the world uh, about partial birth abortion. But I want to take this social issue and and more turn it. When you're dealing with these issues, the the PBS issue, the abortion issue, as as a guy who ran for office, you know, you, you dreamed of being governor. One day I'm going to be governor. When I'm governor, I'm going to take care of this problem. Did these social issues get in your way, in your view, or did you always see it, and should governors see it, as part of the total job? Yeah, well, it's it's funny you said that because uh, back when I when I was in college, I actually was dreaming about, and I wrote down. One of my mentors asked me to write down a list of my lifetime goals, and and goal number eight, I wrote down. Uh, well, I might as well become governor of Oklahoma, and uh, and I thought at the time that's so big. I ended up erasing it right and having dinner with the governor, and so. I always tell young people that that you can dream big and you can accomplish anything you set your mind to. Uh, no dream is too big. And so that's kind of a interesting story about us dreaming about, uh, you know, serving our state and getting involved. But on the social issues, I tell people this. Listen, we're just trying to make Oklahoma a top 10 state. And that's my vision. I think we should be top 10 in everything we do and let Washington, D.C. play politics because, we're all Oklahomans trying to make our education system the best it can be, our economy, our infrastructure, uh, our healthcare system. So those are the things I focus on. Uh, the left has drug us into all of these social issues, and parents are frustrated. To me, my granddad would, would not understand. I think about this a lot. My grandparents, one was a veterinarian, one was a dairy farmer uh, in Oklahoma, and I'm like, 
they would not understand that that their grandson had to pass a law that said that boys can't play in girls sports or a boy cannot go to a little girl's restroom in fifth grade in our elementary schools. So these social issues that we're having to deal with are a total side distraction, but it's common sense to me. It's common sense to Oklahomans. uh, And we're going to continue to believe in common sense. Uh, You know, and then you think about, I just had to ban gender, irreversible gender surgeries in Oklahoma for minors. Think about that for a second. A minor can't buy alcohol or tobacco or or get a piercing, and we're going to let them alter their bodies permanently. No, we're not going to let that happen in Oklahoma. But you get called hateful for that, right? You you get told you don't believe in gender affirming care. You're not letting these children uh, live their best lives. The the argument that gets used is that you're leading these children uh, to suicide. How do you respond to that? Well, num- number one, uh, it's not health care, and and so. Again, I tell people, this is not against any one person. And so if you want to have a elective surgery after you're an adult, you know, you can go do that. I'm not going to use taxpayer dollars to fund it. And we're certainly not going to let you do that under the age of 18 in the state of Oklahoma. It's 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 genital mutilation. It's it's not health care. We're not going to allow it to happen in Oklahoma to our kids. I mean, it's, it's just that simple. Oklahomans agree with me. It's the left that's tried to turn what's right and wrong upside down and protecting kids is the right thing to do let's continue the conversation about protection governor talking to governor kevin stitt of of oklahoma and let's discuss what's going on as the border of a border state you're a border state to a border state oklahoma texas right there title 42 ends today are you preparing for a deluge of illegal immigrants and how are you handling it yeah, well, first off, we're, we're on top of it, and, and I had our team pull up the numbers for me. 735% increase in fentanyl deaths since I've taken office. So from 2018 till today, it's gone up 735%. So my law enforcement, we're constantly monitoring uh, the drug overdose and where it's coming in our drug bus. It's all coming from the southern border. Uh, it, is a, it is a nightmare for states like us that butt up to Texas um, you know, the president of Guatemala stated there are at least 80,000 uh, nationals headed to the U.S. border right now, and the White House won't return their calls. The, the remain in Mexico policy that Trump had in place is the right policy. It should not be political. We have to have legal immigration, but you're going to stay in Mexico until we know what's happening. You have to have border security And then let's have an honest conversation about legal immigration. But these open borders and this catch and release policy that the Biden administration is promoting, um, very disappointing states. And that's why I went to the border uh, under, uh, you know, Governor Abbott's request, me and 10 other governors. And we put a 10 point plan together telling the federal government, here's how you need to secure our southern borders. Unfortunately, they're just not doing it. The. Title 42 going away, and we know that places like Texas and Florida, I believe Arizona, uh, have taken uh, people who are here illegally and have brought them up to New York, New York City, taking a 1,000 people uh, a a day, uh, for example. Um, Have any of those people come to you? Do you get uh, migrants, illegal immigrants shipped to you? And have you then started moving people via bus to other cities? I have not. Uh, they have not been shipped to uh, to Oklahoma. No, uh, but you know what? What Abbott did there 
is really trying to bring awareness to the, to the hypocrisy of some folks on the left that are sitting here saying we don't need secure borders. So he's saying, OK, well, I'm going to ship them to Washington, D.C. I'm going to ship what we're having to deal with in Texas so you can see the problem. And, and, and that's, that's the real issue here. So I applaud those guys for making this an issue. And, and even President Biden, I think, in his press conference yesterday, he you know, inadvertently admitted that there is a crisis at the southern border. And, uh, you know, I think he freaked out his his uh, his policy team there when he said that. But right. it has to be it has to be addressed. And, and so them turning a blind eye. Americans are too smart for this. They understand what's happening. Uh, I believe the term he used was that the border is going to be a bit chaotic, which I'm pretty sure is the understatement of the year. But it's Joe Biden. So we have to just wait to what he says tomorrow. And we'll we'll. We'll be a little more on top of it. Uh, Before I let you go, Governor, and I appreciate you taking the time to be with us, Governor Kevin Stitt of Oklahoma. Uh, Curious if you had the free time last night to watch the Donald Trump CNN town hall and if you thought it was worth your time. You know, I I did not watch it. Uh, One of my teams sent me uh, one of the clips um, about, you know, oil and gas and having a reliable, affordable energy grid. That's something I talk about all the time. I mean, we have to have some common sense. We have to sell to our friends and allies instead of buying from our enemies. And in Oklahoma, you know, we are number five in oil production, number three in natural gas production, but we're also number two in wind energy production. Oklahoma has a great energy story. We've got some of the most affordable energy in the country, but this administration is trying to attack oil and gas industry So that's the other thing I've done is I've banned about 14 companies from doing business with the state because they're attacking our oil and gas industry. And that's the ESG policies that are starting to uh, be pervasive in our pension funds. And I'm not going to allow our pension funds to be invested in anything except for shareholder value, not some corporate governance uh, uh, methodology of somebody else using our money to push their political agenda. That's the other thing that I had no idea when I ran for governor that I would be messing with. So it's, you, you would agree that part of being a governor in, in, in today's world is tackling those social issues head on, not avoiding them or trying to hide from them. Listen, I, I believe, you know, when I ran my company and I ran my business and I come from the business world, I'd never ran for office till I, till 2018 when I won. Um, when you're clear with your values it's not for everybody. There's 50 other states. If you like California's policies and the homelessness and all that stuff, move out there. If you like higher taxes, go to California. If you want to live in freedom, come to Oklahoma. I represent Oklahoma values, the 4 million people. I'm the governor of Oklahoma. And uh, let's be clear with your values. And it's super attractive for people that think like we do. And uh, you've got 50 different examples of laboratories of democracy is what our founding fathers said is we have these laboratories of democracies. The state is the states are supposed to uh, handle that we're closer to the people than the federal government. So what specifically is not given to the federal government belongs to the state or the people is what our Constitution says. And so I think you have to be clear with with your values and who you are and take a stand. And it's super attractive for you know everybody I talk to loves it. I mean, everybody I talk to says, thank you, governor, for protecting my fifth grade daughter in the bathroom in school, and even, and they may even be a Democrat or they may be, uh, you know, a moderate, but they still have a daughter they want to protect. They still have a girl that's a freshman playing soccer that they want to protect and not have a boy playing her sport. Yeah. So this is total common sense to us.
Uh, Governor Kevin Stitt from the great state of Oklahoma, I appreciate you taking the time. I, I got to get uh, out there not only uh, to visit the people uh, at KRMG, but uh, host uh, a cigar and bourbon show called Eat, Drink, Smoke that also airs on the station and, and have a cigar with the people. I don't know if you're a cigar smoker. Absolutely. Come out. I'll smoke a cigar with you, Tony. My work here is done, people. Did you see that? I just, I just backed my way. Right into that conversation. Governor Kevin Stitt, I appreciate you taking the time, sir. Thanks to be with us. More is coming up. I'm Tony Katz. So for everything that we have going on in America, especially with the Biden family being corrupt and how Title 42 going away is physically going to change America, and we may watch that tonight, it's good to know we can rely on Representative George Santos to give us some joy. We have an indictment. We have all we have the information that the government wants to come after me on. I have no desire not to comply at this point. They've been gracious in there. Now I'm going to have to go and fight to defend myself. The reality is, is it's a witch hunt. I mean, I love it. I love it. Look, I think that Congress needs to expel him. But if he's going to put on a show, man, a distraction ain't the worst thing in the world. Exactly what has happened to society where this guy lying about everything about him and still being able to be elected a representative is the good distraction. Holy heck. But don't let it keep you wholly distracted. I mean, what we're about to see at the border, if all that reporting is true, is just a deluge of people and it's going to be wholly dangerous. This administration did this to us and it is up to us to do something about it in November and every November. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. I'll catch you tomorrow, everyone. Take care.